Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Is This Normal where we are chatting all things nutrition and children's nutrition which I know is something that lots of parents struggle with. I have and still am with my my toddler <laughs> um, and we obviously we all want the best for our kids we want them to eat right um, but I too went you know went through the fussy stage still you know there's still lots of things that Dara won't even entertain um, and I'm really hoping to get some tips about how to work around those as well I mean how, how's your experience been Sarah? Oh Sheena I am about to pull my hair out with Theo when it comes to his eating I could go on and on and on about it because he just point blank refuses to eat my food. I really feel a bit insulted because you know what? He eats he eats everything in nursery. He's apparently one of their good eaters. So um yeah, that's that's really great. He starts off the day well. He likes his breakfast, but by the end of the day he will not he just has no interest in eating a proper meal. And we try to eat with him. Um but he's just a rascal and you know what I think he's I hate to say, it, I think he's probably spoiled. But I think, but, you, know. <laughs> you know what? I think they all are. I mean, I think, do you know what? I think that there's there's no way around it, especially with your first. I think we do tend to, yeah. you know, maybe pussyfoot around them a little bit and give them what they want just so they're getting a nutritious meal or, or some form of nutrition mm-hmm. into them and give them more of the foods they want and maybe less of trying different things so I'm really hoping that Kirsty can give us some some tips oh my goodness I need I need her advice so badly right now so welcome today we are joined by Dr Kirsty Porter from Nutrition for Kids and um, welcome Kirsty thank you very much Sarah it's delighted to be here Today we're going to be talking about toddler eating fussy kids um, and Sheen and I are very excited because I know we have <laughs> wee boys here maybe tricky when it comes to food. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Kirsty, first of all, can we just ask you, I suppose, how you first came to be interested in kids nutrition and you know why it is important to build a healthy relationship with food from mm-hmm. a young age? Yes, no problem, Sarah. So um, I trained up as a dietitian and I worked in um, clinical practice. So I started off in Southampton Hospital and as part of that rotation, I was involved in, in paediatrics. But if you had told me when I started that I would have been a pediatric nutrition, I would have I would have said, oh, no, definitely not. It's not for me. But actually, it turned into a real passion of mine. So that's kind of where I started. And then um, and I think that's just kind of what you'll find when in your career, you'll find different passions that you're interested in. And my genuine passion is to help families and children form that positive relationship with food. And I and I take such great joy in seeing parents helping them on this challenging journey, sometimes with their kids in terms of improvement. So that's kind of why I do what I do and I guess really from my perspective with nutrition for kids then really was the last couple of years because I have lots of um, friends and family so I have two nieces or two nephews and a niece and that was my inspiration really there's so much information online that's inaccurate and misleading so I decided as a qualified health professional I wanted to help and kind of debunk some of the myths and help support families so this is where I'm at today. Uh, that sounds brilliant because I know myself I I definitely struggle when it comes to 
feeding my son, which, you know, I think before I had him, I thought would be would be simple, but it's it's not. Yes, yes. And you feel that pressure, I think, as a, as a parent to build. Very much so. And because everybody puts everything on social media and because everybody talks, and especially now, you know, with COVID, because we've let, you know, we've more, more and more time on social media, everybody's comparing themselves with their families being like, we're not like this. And, and lots of parents will be like, oh, they're a dream. They're feeding no problem. We're flying. And all of a sudden, then you do start to feel and doubt yourself and be like, oh, is it just me? And that's kind of where my, I love to kind of come along with families and say, like, this happens far more often than you think. Like, we have lots of numbers of, of patients that I see in the NHS and also with Nutrition for Kids that are always asking me questions. So that's my first job is to reassure parents to be like, this happens to every family. And actually, a lot of people just don't admit that's what's happening. But the, And that's kind of what I want to help in terms of being like, here's the things that are proven to work. And here's the things that are kind of like the, work, the things not to do or the, are things that can make it worse. Um, and I think that you know and you have to remember like parents aren't qualified in this as like it's a whole new learning curve for everybody and actually what everybody does with each family it has to suit your own family so that's why we're very much like you know that's the difference we have went to university we have studied this we read the research and that's why we're able to help support families but not everybody's had that opportunity so that's why I'd say like don't don't beat yourself up you know you can't become an expert overnight that's very true I think you're 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 right there Kirsty and, and when you mentioned obviously there is so much misleading information online and that's obviously you know parents we're all we're all equipped in the digital age we all have a phone or an ipad and that's the first place we usually turn for information um but let's talk about the fussy eaters because i know sarah and myself both have issues with this in, in our own household and i think <laughs> it's a shock for parents as well i know like I, my son's now he's turning three next month and um our weaning journey to be fair to him was actually we were bumpy at the start and stuff, obviously, because he had um silent reflux. But once we got on the weaning journey, he was great in terms of he basically ate anything I give him. And I thought, this is amazing. Yes, I've got this yes, son who ate yes. all these fruit, all these vegetables, never. Well, you know, this is brilliant. And then all of a sudden, obviously, they get that way a bit more advanced and they get a bit older and they start, they stop eating certain meals. And that yes, is obviously yes, yes. a big, big challenge. The heart. Um, yes, yes. So we kind of just want to get your advice and your kind of top tips on that. So I mean, what mm -hmm. what do you do yes. when you have it? It might be a child who's obviously been a really good eater, then into the toddler stage and everything changes. Okay. So what I would say, first of all, is just to kind of reassure you and say, so do you see when it comes to children, exactly what you've said. So whenever they're babies and they're starting their solids journey, and if you've got them onto a variety of foods, that's great. But that's also because in terms of their development and in terms of the nutritional requirements, infancy is one of the most rapid periods of growth. So that's why usually you'll tend to find they'll eat a lot better and they'll eat a lot more variety of foods. And then all of a sudden when they become one and they become toddlers, that nutritional requirements decrease a lot so actually they don't need as much and that's where parents will commonly say well all of a sudden they've gone from having everything to now refusing foods and not eating as much and that's kind of an actual you know then that's normal because their nutritional requirements have decreased their appetite also decreases and that's why then they tend to then not have as much food choices um, as they've had in the past so that's just a bit of context to kind of say like that is perfectly normal so it's just about shifting your expectations of actually what constitutes a good meal or good portions for toddlers can be different than what we think and the biggest thing for me in terms of um with with children so especially as you said Sheena with your son being three pressure is the biggest thing that kids don't like so do you see as soon as you kind of try and stress or try and push them to eat foods that they don't like at meal times or snacks that switches off their appetite because they just don't cope with pressure 
And also when it comes to toddlers in particular, food is the one few the few things in their life that they can control. So that's why it's all about they're kind of pushing the boundaries, kind of seeing what they can do. And that's why if they know if I play up, if I say to mommy, no, 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 that they kind of realize it's like almost like a, a, a war game in terms of like, you know, mealtimes. That's what I often say will become a battlefield because I'd be like, I'm not eating that, get that away from me. And it's all about them trying to control and, and assert their behavior. And they want to kind of make those food choices. So that's kind of where my kind of top tip would be. You need to establish what your role is as a parent and what your role is as a child and stick into that and have on that kind of family environment where mealtimes aren't stressful, where there's fun and there's no pressure. And actually to have that confidence to say, look, it's OK. Kirsty actually says, you know, every you know every day is different. If you think about us, like, you know, the days that I'm cranky or I'm tired, like I'll not eat the same as, you know, a day that I'm feeling well. And that's exactly the same as toddlers. Their appetite changes every day for a number of reasons and some days they will eat more than others and that's okay so rather than trying to get so fixated and stressed on, on a meal time and say oh let's to keep doing this it's thinking of the overall picture well actually that week how did they get on that week and actually yes they might have had a couple of good dinners but that's okay in the grand scheme of things so that's where it's just kind of showing you a different perspective so that's kind of my first thing is that you know no pressure so no bribes no kind of like because the problem as well with parents sometimes is you want to encourage your children so you'd be like great job well done but by default because you're doing that you're almost creating like a, a kind of feeding environment where you're kind of it's like a competition sport of being like mum and dad are really pleased if I've eaten this food or I've eaten lots of food and again then that can switch off their drive to eat and to pick certain foods so that's kind of where it's like you know don't give too much um, praise but also don't be too negative and kind of and that's the whole thing in terms of and never force feed your children to eat because that all affects their their pressure and actually it switches them off and that's kind of where most parents in my experience tend to go wrong it's because they think they're doing a good thing by praising their children or trying to force them to eat but actually that's kind of some of the, the worst things that you can do so it's very much about my campaign is mealtimes are neutral it's very much about you sit together you have fun you enjoy the food and there's there's no pressure, no expectation. If they refuse the food, if they don't want to eat anything or very limited amounts, that's okay. You just take the food away and you don't make a big deal. But then say if they did particularly not eat that much, your next meal time or your next snack, you would try and, and encourage them to eat more at that stage then. So that's kind of um, my kind of from the first main tip from that perspective. And I would say as well, like, so at the minute, like, what would you say, Sheen and Sarah, like, how do you usually, where would you spend most of your time eating your meals with your children at the minute? For us, I have to say, there is, say, there's there's three of us in the house, obviously, my, myself, my husband and, and my son. And we do, we do sit down as a family every evening. That's something I've always done from the start and something he was always very much used to. Um. Yes, and that, that yes. is something we do. So we do all sit down together at the same time. Some evenings, maybe if my husband's working later, it'll just be me and him. But again, I always make a point of eating when, you know, when he's eating. Um, well, only if when yes, basically yes. that kind of always just happens at dinner time and maybe lunchtime, obviously on the weekends when he's here. Um, and that's something we've always done. But I know it's, I, I, I can totally understand what you're saying. I have certainly, I'm sure, fallen into the trap of, you know, maybe, you know, saying, great, you know, you know when you encouraging him maybe too much, as you say, if he, if he is eating something, I'm thinking, God, this is great. Um but maybe just lay off the, the praise <laughs> as much. <laughs> I think I'm the same though. You, you just feel like you're so excited that they're they're putting something in their mouth. You know, they're eating food. You're like, that's brilliant. Yes, well yes, done. Yes. Um, 
Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's I mean, most parents' natural instinct is to do that. But that, and that's why then that you don't realise by default, it's actually sometimes then can, can make that problem, you know, worse. But it's just, it has to work for your family. And I would say, and I appreciate that, you know, we're all live very busy lives now. Like people have to work longer. And actually, you know, the traditional environment of, you know, where you sit together and eat as a family and on a table doesn't quite work for everybody. But I would say, but just think about what, and that's kind of where I talk about kind of establishing a good routine. So it's in terms of like what time do you offer snacks and meals because actually sitting down together as a family and having food if you have access to a table or a breakfast bar that's big enough for you to do it with your family is amazing and fantastic and I'm very much about serving food as we talk about family style and that just means because you're your children's biggest role model if they see eating the same foods as you so I'm very anti making five different meal options for different family members I'm very much like everybody should be eating the same meal um, and the same type and that's where if your kids see you eating those foods they'll trust and accept that actually those foods mustn't be that bad or they're not you know they're not you know they're safe foods for them to eat so that's why you sitting together and them seeing that builds up that confidence and as well you know we have to, you have to learn as well to trust your child so we all have an innate um, ability to self-regulate our appetite and our intake and that's why sometimes as parents you you kind of almost whenever you serve up plates with big portions you kind of take that away from the children and they feel like they have to eat so sometimes one of my top tips again would be not to overload their plate because if you think about it a big plate can be very overwhelming for them and especially if their appetite isn't that great that day and they're like oh my word mommy and daddy expects me to eat this amount of food that can switch them off as well so that's why if you serve it family style so if you just have big serving bowls in the middle of the table of your your food that you're going to eat for lunch or breakfast or dinner whatever suits that way there there's no pressure expectation that they can help themselves or you can help them pick the foods that they want and that's an excellent way to introduce new foods so particularly as you said Sheena if they ate lots your son ate lots of fruit and vegetables as a baby and now he stopped so it's all about exposing him to those foods that he's now refusing on that kind of in the middle of the table with foods that you know he's definitely going to eat so it's a bit of a compromise of always offer them something that you know they're going to eat while also offering new foods alongside that but the fact that it's there they can smell it they can see it and see you eating it helps in terms of the ability for them to accept that food in terms of their sensory aspects so that's why that's a really important thing and and again that they're used to that routine of okay now it's mealtime we're sitting down together as a family and mealtimes last half an hour for instance then that's ideal because they know every day this is the routine and that's where kids thrive on routines so that's why I'd say if you can and I appreciate that with different shift patterns and you know it's not always possible but eat as much together as you can as a family and try and serve the food then you know as a family together so then there's no these no big portions because actually you, you know your child is kind of picking the food that they want and they might and yes sometimes they'll get it wrong they'll totally overshoot and get far too much or they'll not have enough but then that's where you can they can come and have seconds and it's a learning opportunity for them as well and it gives them that confidence in terms of food choices so that's kind of my second tip would be like just think about your meal environment and that's where if you're sitting together and again depending obviously on the age of your child you're talking about like what they did at nursery or what they did at school and you're just catching up and you're not talking about food and you're not saying oh do you want to you know force them to be like you must try this or you must eat this all just takes it away so by default because there's no pressure there's no expectation for them all of a sudden they might surprise you and start trying some new foods and that's kind of the ultimate goal that you want and at that stage yes you can be like you know well done or you know what good to see but it's not every day you know being bombarded you know at them that's really that's really interesting actually um (laughs) definitely things that I'm going to take away but I did want to ask 
ask like my wee boy um say we do sit down at the table to eat um sometimes he just refuses to eat whatever you know even if him and his, you know my husband if we're all eating the same thing um and he'll prefer to throw it on the floor for the dog but at nursery he seems to eat everything that he's given and I don't know whether we make the mistake of then giving him something else afterwards just to make sure that he has some food in his belly so what I would say, Sarah, is just to reassure you, that's very common. So DC, in terms of young children in particular, they haven't yet associated different locations with different foods. So that's that's very common. So I'll often hear that, like when they're at their grandmother's house or when they're at their nursery, they'll eat these foods. But whenever I offer them at home, they're, they're flat out refusing. And that's because they just haven't learned that it's in different environments, it's the same foods. And that's kind of why it's, it's just different for them. So my advice would be just continue with that. So keep persevering that, and, and that it will take time and all of a sudden they'll start to register and twig on because it's all about them develop they're still learning how to eat and drink themselves and and kind of using the you know you feed utensils as well so that's why there's a lot for them to learn at meal times and that's why just sometimes and because just they're younger they haven't quite developed those associations of it's the same food in this just in different locations so that's why it's all about just giving yourself some time but continue to expose them to that food and yes it can be quite common that kids will just flat out refuse eat anything at mealtimes and and that's okay if they don't want to eat anything you just take it away and that's my next tip would be the worst thing you can do is offer a rescue meal because what will happen is every time your child will realize okay if i if i start to play up if i start to say no mommy i'm not having this mommy's going to cave and give me what i want and that's their ultimate goal is that they know they can play the system and if they refuse the foods they'll end up getting the foods that they want and that's where we'd say it never works and and that's where and if you've been doing that for a long time it's very hard to change that so all of a sudden you have to change the dynamic to be like mommy and daddy are in, in, in charge and actually this is what you're getting if you don't want it that's fine you take it away and you don't make a big deal and if they've went and they've missed a meal you know in the grand scheme of things that that's not the worst thing that can happen but then what you do is if say if it's dinner time then before you go to bed you try and get him to take then a cereal or a toast or you know a glass of milk so that he's not going to bed completely hungry but if you consistently do that and that's the same message going through of if you don't want your dinner that's okay but you're not getting any any alternatives then after a couple of days they'll soon be like oh this is the new what's happening here and they'll start to then all of a sudden start to eat again and take food because they're realizing if they don't they're going to go hungry but most parents cave after one or two days like I can't do it you feel like you're the worst person in the world because you're like I'm starving my child but it's kind of that discipline and that routine of being like it's going to be okay you have to stick with it so actually offering them rescue meals it, it kind of backfires and it, and it feeds that child that they're in control and they, they can dictate what they want to eat and ultimately it's for them it's because they want to get their favorite foods that they know that they can get if they play up yeah that sounds uh that sounds like my wee boy at the moment so i'm gonna to have to um be a bit firmer <laughs> stay, stay strong sir stay strong sir you can do it no, you, you can do it <laughs> So you don't have to be you don't have to be a bad cop, you know, in terms of being like a dictator, you know, but it's just explaining to him and saying, This is what we're having and if you don't want the food, that's okay. And then it's just being like, But you can't have you know, but don't next time then we'll we'll see what you want for a bit before you go to bed so that they know, you know, in terms of okay, that's okay, I'm gonna get something later on. But it's you it's you taking ownership and you kind of saying, This is the way it's and that's the kind of the thing in terms of parents, you're the one that's in charge and you're kind of saying, Look, this is the routine and this is what happens rather than that and that's the biggest problem is that with toddlers 
daughters in particular, they want to take control. They want to, and it's all about, you know, the, their kind of behavior. They're all developing and learning what to, what's okay and what's not okay. And that's where they want to take control. So it's kind of like, yes, you give them some control, but not enough where they're dictating what type of food that they're getting and, and, and things like that. Or, you know, the no control where they have no choice. So that's where my advice is, you, you know, you set the routine of this is what's happening. This is meal times. This is snack times. This is what's being offered, but they can help in terms of like picking the color um, or the type of plate or the type of bowl that they're going to have. Or say you've got a couple of different vegetables or a couple of different fruits that you plan to offer. They can pick which ones they want. So they do have some control, but it's within your overall picture of what they're doing as opposed to them. And that's the thing with, you know, it becomes mealtimes become a battle zone and snacks because it's very much driven by children. But that's not their role so that's kind of where I'd say you know establishing a good routine is 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 key um with whenever you have kids so it's the same as like you know every parent has to balance their family life and their work life and their routines in terms of like if you're going out it's like a military operation with all the different things that you have to have and that's a bit like so my my next top tip would then be in terms of you need to establish a routine for your family when it comes to food so let's sit down and saying okay so what and again kids thrive on routine and consistency so they know every day at seven o'clock half seven whatever it is it's you know around your family this is breakfast time lunch time is 12 or one dinner time is five or six you get a mid-morning snack at half ten a mid-morning snack after nursery or school at three or half three and then you know before bedtime and that you're stick with that and you're consistent every day they're not going to be constantly asking for food outside of that because you've established this is when you get a meal this is when you get a snack and there's no grazing in between because that's a another common mistake that parents make is if they fill up on loads of um like fizzy drinks or lots of like juice or um, milk or they eat lots of snacks during the day and they're grazing they don't have the appetite or the hunger levels they date at mealtime so then that's quite common as why is my child refusing to eat at dinner or lunch and when you look and kind of say well talk me through a usual day of what you're eating and drinking that to me that's one of the biggest offenders is that they've been grazing so much during the day they just don't have capacity then to eat at mealtime so that's kind of where if children know this is the routine and this is what they're being offered that's key as well it's just that you have that structure and that routine because children do need to be fed every kind of two and a half to three hours because that just helps meet their requirements and helps keep satisfying their appetite and their hunger levels as well well following on from this you know we've talked about you know common mistakes parents make when it comes to food um but i suppose maybe if we could talk in particular about you know we think we're giving our child the best option when in fact it's maybe something that's full of sugar like certain yogurts um what do you find the most common mistakes are parents make when it comes to you know thinking they're making the best decision for food but actually it's not really that healthy yeah well I think the big problem I, I think is with the food industry as well in terms of like because they're obviously their ultimate goal is to make money they they're very cute at advertising um, and as you said so we were bombarded with messages all the time online on the tv saying this is really healthy this is really good for my kids because it has x y and z and that kind of then you get drawn into that being like well if they're telling me this this must be true but what they don't tell you is they've replaced the fat with the sugar or vice versa so actually it's, it's about kind of being informed 
informed in terms of like reading food labels. So Change for Life is a big campaign that the NHS supports and it's about helping make um, healthier food swaps for families. So they have lots of great resources that you can download um, that help you in terms of making food choices. So that would be um, my advice as well. And I'm sure you probably have all seen in the supermarket. We have a traffic light system as well. So foods that we're kind of, so we would talk about the red means foods that you're meant to probably more restrict and have a couple of times a week as opposed to every day. Amber means, you know, moderate amounts and then green means that you can have plenty of those. But the odds are that most foods that are processed, you're never going to get one that's all green. You're going to get a combination. And again, family life is very busy and it depends on how much time you have to cook and, and things like that as well. So I think sometimes it can be a bit of a, a minefield for parents and they can feel guilty because they're like, they think that, you know, they're making the right choice. So I just say, look, it has to work with the rest of your family. But for instance, if you're picking yogurts, as you said, like people are quite surprised to find out like, that, you know, there's like nearly in the petty flu, there's quite a lot of um, grams of sugar in it in comparison. So that's where I'd sort of say, if you can make swaps like using Greek yogurt or natural yogurt, and then you add in fruit to make it naturally sweet, that would be, a, you know, a better option, um, you know, from that perspective. So again, it's just reading the back of the label, because ideally in terms of sugar, we want less than five grams per hundred grams um, in, in an amount of food. But the reality is most foods are weighing above and beyond that. So it just might be if you're looking at the kids' yogurts, just having a quick look one day in the supermarket and saying, OK, how much sugars in this? Is there one that looks that has slightly less and kind of choose on that option instead? So it's just about sometimes making those healthier swaps. But And again, sometimes foods have been perceived, so particularly in the last couple of years, dairy products like yogurt and cheese have got a real bombardment about how unhealthy they are but actually their food matrix are excellent so they have a you know they have a combination of vitamins and minerals like phosphate and magnesium B vitamins calcium um, you know and vitamin the fat soluble vitamins like vitamin D and we need all of those and particularly as kids so that's why I'd sort of say look they are essential for children if they don't have a cow's milk allergy so that's why you know it's kind of saying yes it is okay but just when you're looking at your food choices try and pick the yogurts that have lower sugar but um and then the same thing with but you know when a variety of cheeses are perfectly fine for them and because of their growth they can get the full fat sources as well so it's just about working with what suits the rest of your family um too and that's where i'm sort of saying you know processed foods because a lot of parents will feel guilty being like oh you know we didn't have time tonight i give them you know um like chicken nuggets and chips and they feel like the worst parent in the world but i'm like you know that that's the reality of family life but it's just it's trying to that that's okay to have that but really you want to avoid that every day so that's where I'm kind of very much the queen of batch making food so I'm just like I appreciate family life's very busy but if you have a couple of hours one day or I'm a, I love slow cookers because I'm literally like it takes you five minutes to prep you bung a whole pile of stuff like um your different meats like beef or chicken and your different vegetables and your sauces like passata or um for, you know cream fresh different options like that and all of a sudden you've got your family meal ready for that night or at the weekend if you had a couple of hours you'd make like a cottage pie or a fish pie or spaghetti bolognese and then put it into your boxes for your portions so then if you are running short in time one night you can take it out that morning and let it defrost and then it means you you know you can heat it up that night so that's kind of where I'm sort of saying and that's where if you can you know once a week with your schedule sit down and decide okay I want to meal plan the whole week so what am I going to offer for lunch and dinner for the kids and myself and then probably build on your weekly shop around that so you're not going to run out of food and it's kind of just that kind of planning process and that's where I appreciate you don't have 
or she's been every night over the cooker or over the hob cooking the things so that's why having things already made that you can reheat like the batch making or having the slow cooker or simply just putting things in a big kind of pot in the oven and you know those I'm big fans of that because I appreciate when you've lots of kids wanting your attention you can't be uh, you know the queen of of uh, cooking for hours over a sleeve um because it just doesn't work for your family life usually yeah well that's that's very important and I know and I, I totally understand where you're coming from as well Kirsty because it is one of those things where you know the convenient foods obviously are well they're constantly advertised as well and their parents are constantly bombarded with it and I think obviously advertising companies play up on the fact that they know we all lead busier lives probably than ever um these days but you mentioned as well there you know you're talking about yogurts and, and mixing them with fruit and stuff I know myself I uh again when you, on, on the grand scheme of things I'm <laughs> I weigh up the pros and cons with my with my fussy toddler and again I had the same issue with as Sarah mentioned with you know eating everything at his childminder's house and refusing things for me so I know I know that does happen but on the issue of fruit he loves fruit and I mean loves it and I sometimes think oh well that's great maybe he's not so great with the vegetables unless they're very very well concealed in some dinners um but I mean is there such a thing as too much fruit because I mean there's times even when he might ask for, you know, as to say, like, these are rare occasions, but when they happen, I think I've, you know, I've won where he might ask for a biscuit and I'll say, mm, what about some strawberries? Because I know, he, you know, he loves strawberries, yes, yes, or he loves yes. kiwi and he's happy enough and he's like, yeah, but I mean, is there such thing as too much fruit or, you know, where, where's the well, limit? <laughs> Well, technically, so technically, like, and that's the thing, I think people think the fruit's quite bad because it's got sugar, but I'm like, but it's natural sugar that we are meant to have and we need for our body. So actually fruit is really good and whole fruit in particular is really good because it has more fiber and especially like with apples and things on the skin and pear, it takes longer for your body to break down because it has more soluble fiber. So those are great sources. And um, the problem I have sometimes is that people think fruit juice and smoothies and all, and yes, they are great sources, but actually because you've broken that down, it is it's a lot more concentrated than fruit sugar so you don't eat they get released a lot quicker so that's where it's all about i can say not there's no such thing necessarily as too much fruit but it's just thinking about the food choices that you're you're making so usually as a written rule the recommendation is we're all meant to have five portions of fruit and vegetables a day as adults and with toddlers with aged you know between one to two it's actually two to three portions and then it goes up to three to four um or four to five whenever they're age three and above but but there's more and more research to say now like we should be going above that like we should be having more than five courses of fruit and veg but the reality is most of us can't even do that so there's no so but it's just the combination of the fruit and vegetables is quite good because they've got different vitamins and minerals and I'm very much about eating the rainbow so what I would say is um yes if you can you know whole fruit but again that's quite common like you said you know your son doesn't really eat vegetables but it's continuing to expose them to that so one of my top tips as well then is I'm a big fan of getting your kids involved in cooking and bacon right from being toddlers so I would always say like so that's why I love having my and nephews and my niece and they tend to generally be in my videos then and my race for nutrition for kids because that's what I do with them that's my bonding thing with them if I'm down or they're up we'll cook together or we'll make foods together and that's where I'm like and even since they were 18 months I had them helping like flipping over pancakes and french toast and washing fruit and vegetables so all of a sudden they're being involved in that they're touching it they're smelling it and they're playing with the fruit and vegetables so if you can do that 
that with your son and then at night you can be like this is what we're going to have for dinner do you and then be like peas or sweet corn broccoli whatever it is that you happen to have and be like do you want to pick which one we have tonight and it's almost like making it a game and you kind of like for instance with broccoli you can be like it looks like a tree in a forest what does it smell like what does it touch you know what does it feel like and kind of like almost make it like a game and kind of you know and having a wee story behind it like you know with some of their like jack and the beanstalk you know things like that and all of a sudden you're shifting their perspective where you're not kind of forcing that feeling on them they're just exploring it and getting used to it and that's where i can and i'd sort of say like sometimes hiding vegetables and, and foods doesn't really work but sometimes it does where that's where i love like jamie oliver has a seven vegetable sauce which i think tastes great and that's where i'm like you can blitz it up and, and disguise it that way or you can create up like courgettes or carrots and put that in with like you, you know if you're doing a pizza or uh, you know base and things like that or adding you know fruit and vegetables into foods that you're making like omelets and things so that's the way of you're exposing them to lots of vegetables and fruit but in different formats and um, so that would kind of be would be my advice in terms of you know fruits are great for snacks and they're great then to have with breakfast and great to have you know with um, desserts after um, dinner as well and that helps because we all have an innate desire and um, from when we're born to have sweet foods and that's why breast milk and formula is sweeter because that's our innate preference towards foods so that kind of ticks the box then that they're getting that sweetness from the fruit rather than from chocolate and sweets and things like that instead well speaking i suppose of chocolate and sweets you know we touched on snacks earlier but snacks and treats you know what what's the difference between the two you know i, I think some of us are probably myself included guilty of maybe giving too many snacks that it's going to put them off their main meals you know what is a good snack what's a good snack size and what what should probably be avoided um, well, I would say, you know, from a general point of view, if you completely avoid, so I know in an ideal world, you don't want your kids to have any chocolate and sweets, but they're going to be exposed to that no matter where they go. And actually, if you make that a forbidden food where they can never have it, it almost then becomes insatiable that their kids must have it. They fixate on something that they can't have. So that's where I'd sort of say talking about it as a bad food or kind of banning them from having those foods can backfire as well so that's where it, it is okay to have that as part of their usual um you know eating routine but it's just but you should limit the amount of times that they have it so it's more of perceived as a treat one to two times a week as opposed to multiple times a day so that's kind of where it might be like if on a on the weekend you're watching a movie or you're you know you're bonding and that's kind of like your treat as a family you'll have popcorn or you know sweets or chocolate then then they kind of know that's what's coming so you can always say like that's what we have on Friday or Saturday whatever works for you from that perspective so in terms of snack sizes what I would say is you because because kids are still growing and they're thriving in terms of the nutrition to meet all that they need that's why they do need to have snacks but it's about appropriate portion snacks as you said Sarah because if they're too big they're going to go off their food so ideally for children I, a great snack ideas would be like fruit um, with a yogurt or an oat cake um, like things like you know cheese with either like crackers or chapati or breadsticks I love doing like so especially you know Sheena as you're saying if you're some doesn't like vegetables i love giving vegetables offering them as a snack with like you know vegetable sticks so like carrot sticks cucumber carrots and again you know you can use a crinkle cutter to kind of change to make them look a bit different and, and think about the rainbow so you can present them in those bright colors that really attract kids and serve that alongside like hummus or cream cheese or like a, a nut butter like peanut butter or you can do like pita and hummus or like wee small sandwiches so those type of things are ideal snacks because they're small, but 
but they're still providing. So really at those meal times, you kind of want a protein source like your cream cheese or your hummus um, or your nut butters um, or your yogurt alongside then like your carbohydrates, like your um, oat cakes or crackers or breadsticks um, and then your fruit. So that those are kind of ideal combinations in terms of your snack options versus then your main meals, which is where, you know, for a balanced main meal, you need to have a carbohydrate source. So that's things like, you know, breads, breakfast, cereals, pasta, um, rice, um, pancakes, chapati, any of those, they all count. And actually, they're our body's preferred source of energy. And because kids, particularly with toddlers, have that rapid kind of um, phase with their energy, that's why they'll always crave it. So I'll often hear parents saying they will eat toast of the cows come home or they'll eat lot, you know, breakfast cereals for me, no problem. But mealtimes is a totally different story. And that's because they're easy for them to chew because it's the carbohydrate, it fuels their brain. And that's why they enjoy eating those foods and then you want to have your protein source so again like meat or fish um, or if you choose to be a vegetarian or a, you know a vegan and want a flat all plant-based diet then it's really important you get a different combination of lentils and chickpeas and, and beans so like and that's kind of where like um you know I have a couple of different recipes for like an Indian dal or chickpea curry that are lovely and very quick and easy to make and then alongside that then you want to offer then your vegetables uh, as well so that's really what constitutes an ideal meal because I always get asked with parents all the time well what type of meals should I be making for families and I'm like it has to fit what you guys like and your your lifestyle and your preferences as well so I would sort of say like when it comes to family meals like your pasta dishes like your spaghetti bolognese like your macaroni and cheese and um, you know like a cream cheese you know pasta with like fish for instance like doing a chickpea curry or chicken curry with rice and um, you know fish with different sauces or your traditional roast dinner or like a mince and fish pie any of those work and actually we all love variety if we had the same thing every day we would we would get fed up with it so that's where I'm sort of saying like it can work with your families but what you can do is make healthier switches so rather than say for instance like using lots of double cream you can use cream fresh or um you know like when you're making up like tomato sauces it's using that kind of basada or chopped tomato tins which are also a lot cheaper and then you can add vegetables to it and then you kind of season it with herbs and things like that so that's kind of where um I've created a lot of different recipes to help then in terms as part of nutrition for kids and I usually try and put some of them on my Friday posts as well but there's also like great people across the world that have loads of different recipes and if you want inspiration from like particularly like um Board of Elf and um, Board of Belfast he does fantastic healthy recipes that he's always trying to change the traditional approaches with foods from all around the world so I love his um Thai mango curry that he makes and he switches to those healthier swaps as well so I kind of usually um use some of his slow cooker recipes as my basis and then I'll slightly tweak it by adding in more vegetables to make it kind of and it also helps bulk it out for family meals as well so that would be my advice if you want to be more adventurous and try things that then that that's great um you know do do that and that again getting your kids involved and helping that process and making those foods is, it makes them more likely to try them because they've been involved in that process and they I trust those foods is safer because and particularly with toddlers there's a phase called neophobia which is where they're they're kind of an aversion to new foods and that's where you'll find us you know what you were saying you know he's gone from eating lots of different and now he's not and that's because that food neophobia has kicked in so to try and overcome that watching you eat those foods getting him involved and making those foods all helps with the food neophobia in terms of becoming those foods becoming um reduced you know sets level of security thinking that they're safe and trusted foods and that makes all the difference yeah i know that's very interesting i know it is one of those things where it's like i think as you say they're you're where they're biggest 
next influence and they watch us. So if they see us doing it, you know, it might take a bit of time, but hopefully they should they should copy us and mimic our, our eating habits as well. Um, and obviously we're talking about treats and, and there's so much. And there's, I mean, I, I know recent research from Safe Breed obviously kind of highlighted the, the increase in treats that kids got over the last year, particularly obviously in the pandemic. And I think that's probably all of us as parents making up for what they're missing out you know they're not not seeing their friends and companions as much and you know maybe not even seeing immediate family members but I mean how can we as parents adapt obviously like a, a healthy attitude towards those types of treats as you say don't make them forbidden because that'll obviously make them want them more it's like I think they're probably like ourselves if somebody if you're if you're on a diet yourself and somebody says you can't have chocolate, that's the first thing you're going to want. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how should parents kind of set those boundaries and have a healthy attitude towards those treats and, and enjoy them, as you said, as a family, I suppose, with, with those tips? Yeah. And I think that's where safe food's really good. So they give you lots of different tips in terms of, and that's where they're kind of saying like, be the hero in your family and kind of, it's okay to say no to your kids. And I think it's just, again, it's managing their expectations to be like that, you know, those foods like the chocolate sweets are allowed and they are coming, but it's at that set agreed time that you're having from that and you kind of stick with that. So if they, if they do, then all of a sudden say, I want this, you say, but today's not the day. How about instead you have this or you distract them when you play games or, you know, you do something else. But what I would say is in terms of then the healthy habits is actually then thinking about well what type of snacks do you want your kids to be in you know to be involved in so that's where like making things like your homemade hummus or making like as for instance cookies that you can change recipes by rather than having like the chocolate chips in them you know you put in the fruit you switch it that you kind of have the oats in them as well to make them healthier so again getting the kids involved to make those and that's what kind of becomes their almost like what they think is on, on your kind of their treats and that's that's part of their perceived your treats is your you know your snacks in terms of it's just creating that environment and then you're all eating the same foods as well will help create that healthy environment because the big thing will be if they're treated differently because that's where I totally understand where parents you know children are coming along being like okay you're telling me I can only have this once or twice a week but mum and dad have this every day or they have it multiple times or and that, and that's the sort of set an example of well actually in kids minds they're like that's not fair how can mummy and daddy can have this whenever they want and however much they want but yet I'm being told I can't so it's kind of a it has to be a whole family based approach that actually then you know so you'd sort of say you can't expect your kids to do that if you're not following suit so that's kind of where you're seen to be having those foods at the same time they are and you're not you're not having them on a daily basis but that's not to say you, you can do that when they're not there <laughs> so there's no, no judgment <laughs> there but just from the perspective of your if they're being treated differently they'll think that's unfair and that and it's kind of like and it's that kind of distraction in terms of being like it's okay to say no distract them by doing other activities and but the same time like you can't have this but this is um you know this will be on your ex time that you picked for you to do that and I think it's just kind of changing their mindset and that's where it's kind of like and that's where you offer the foods that you know are good for them and that's why I think as you said because of lockdown and the way things have been it's been totally understandable but it's trying to kind of change that and I think that's where you have that conversation is as a family let's all do this together and it's thinking about okay so at that stage right if this is the time that we'll be having chocolate what will we have instead will we make a smoothie will we make some fruit will we have some vegetable sticks with hummus will we make some cookies or 
or you know it's thinking about like what would you want to do instead or having like the yogurt and things and that's kind of then it's just that you are change and everybody's changing together as a family and that can make all the difference and particularly now with the good well not that the weather's been that good today but in theory if our British summer arrives and we get some sun it's even things like you know making that food fun by kind of making your own version of homemade and like ice lollies um, or like sorbet so kind of mixing up and again that's where I love natural yogurt and fruit and whatever fruit that you have that might need you know using up anyway or frozen fruit you literally you know blitz it together and and, and again getting the kids involved in that um, makes it exciting and fun for them and again that's a healthy snack that they can have on the heat as opposed to then kind of you know the shop bought version which tend to be um, higher in calories and fat. And I suppose one thing I maybe wanted to ask when it comes to snacks, you know, there's that aisle in the supermarket, I suppose the 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 kids' aisle, maybe the baby aisle. Um, and there are a lot of snacks there, you know, things that maybe have labels such as organic, you know, you know, no no junk and things like that. What are why are those things per se? Do you know, are they are they good snacks, you know, to have on the go? Um, so my advice would be, um, and again, I suppose it depends on pretty different, but I might be a bit stricter than usual. But I think, and again, it's because the media is constantly bombarding with these messages that these are safer or they're healthier foods and they're organic. It's all an advertising campaign. And to be honest, most of them are a bit of a scam. So that's kind of where you're like, well, we've got healthier versions of crisps. We've got this or we've got that. But I would say, but they're far more expensive. And actually, you know, there's no reason to have them. So as I said, like there's some snacks like, you know, the fruit, the cheese, the vegetable sticks. None of them need to be you know breadsticks they don't need to be those kind of as you said specially designed um, snack you know options for kids because uh, and that's the thing they want to make money off you and that's what they want to buy them so I'm like yes by all means if you want to you can but but there's no you know perceived nutritional benefit over those so and, and because they're quite expensive I, I wouldn't really advocate them on a daily basis for your kids so I would just say I would just walk on past that aisle and be like it's not not interested and not you don't need it like but it takes a lot of willpower to do that and, and it's the same like because and that's the whole thing you know supermarkets are designed to entice you in and they want you to buy those foods so it's the same with like the chocolates and the sweets they're always near the aisles you know that that when you come into the shops they're near the, the till because that's when you're starting to get a bit hungry and you're more likely to kind of pick those foods so it takes a lot of willpower to walk into a supermarket and be like I am sticking to my shopping list I am not deviating from my shopping list and I know from personal experience like I never go shopping when I'm hungry because I will buy all the stuff that I know I shouldn't be having and we all do crave that sweets and chocolates and 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 the same thing like we'll all buy the, you know old right the rice cakes are meant to be healthier because of this or this but actually when you look at the back and they're covered in chocolate they're actually there's much calories in that as there would be with a small bar of chocolate so it's just about kind of that expectation of what you think might be a healthier food might actually not be so my advice then was just be don't bring it into the house because if it's there you're going to eat it so that's why but it takes a little willpower to be like no we don't need this let's not have this in the house and instead then you can have things like like popcorn um, as long as it's not covered in chocolate and lots of salt you know that's like a healthier alternative you know rather than some of the or you, if you're picking crisps, go for the ones that have less than 100 calories in them as opposed to kind of um, the, the kind of higher fat um, crisps. But again, it depends on everybody's preference. So that's why I, I'm kind of, I suppose, a bit negative towards the food industry because they are trying to, but at the same time, they want to make money. And that's where they will tell you their products are healthier, but sometimes they're not. Or in my case, I'm just like, I just don't think they're needed. So I, I wouldn't um, have them as much as maybe other people would. Well, there's definitely, um there's a lot for us to think about there you know there's there's a lot of tips I definitely am going to take away and try and uh, um, 
I suppose be more of a parent, be be stronger, Sarah, <laughs> when it comes to telling my wee boy at mean t- yeah. meal time. And it's hard, and it's hard because if you're being, but if you're, if, and I can totally understand that, Sarah, because if your child's constantly bombarding and, and wanting, you know, they want to kind of pick the foods that they want, and it, and meal times become a battlefield. It is hard because you just want to make them happy, and you just want a quiet life. And when you're busy and and things are rushing, you want to do what you're best for your child. So if, if somebody's telling you this is what's the best thing for your child, you'll want to do it. So it is really hard all of a sudden. And it won't happen overnight to change your mindset of being like okay well this is actually what Kirsty said I should you know so it's just it's taking it one by one and it's a step by step process so when, when we see families like yes there could be 20 different things that I want to change but it doesn't work so you pick two or three things that you can change that realist and then you and then once you've done them you move on to the next one so it simply might be from today right Kirsty says what can I do that's that's easy enough to change to do okay we can sit together as a family I can serve the food family style that's an easy swap that I can do now the same thing will be okay the easy thing will be as of today no more rescue meals that literally this is what I'm going to do and the same thing okay no pressure so those are the three things that I can focus on now do that you know stick with it see the benefits and have the confidence to go right keep going so what did you say to do next okay well let's what about we try this and change that and it's just having that confidence that your role as a parent is to decide what your child is eating where they eat and um when so in terms of your that's establishing that good routine and your children's role is to decide if they want to eat the food how much they eat and when to stop so trust your child and actually yes you, you might think that's not enough or you're really worried but if that's what your child is wanting to do you know kind of support that and and, and kind of give yourself that that's that's what their role is their role is not to dictate and decide what type of foods they want when they want it or where they have it that's your job and it's kind of sticking firm with that and particularly with younger kids so kids under seven are very very visual so they have this kind of we talk about um like ma- magical thinking in terms of their cognitive development so they love how foods are presented so sometimes it can be how you actually present the foods might be that appealing to them and that's partly why they're not interested so it's about taking if you can so I'm not a Picasso and I'm not an expert in art and I wouldn't and I faffing about you know take some things in Pinterest I love seeing and I'm like that must have taken me like two hours to do that I'm very much like yes make food fun but within like five to ten minutes it's not going to be a sitting down for hours so that's where I'm all about I love like cookie cutters and, and moulds and things like that because then if you're making dinner for your rice I'd stick it into like a star mould or a cloud or a teddy bear and or the same with toast you know or sandwiches I could make them into different shapes and again it's just a different presentation to kind of make it more exciting for your children and the same you can get wee cutters and variety of different um, shapes and sizes then for fruits and vegetables so again it's just making it more exciting for them with snacks as well so that's kind of where I'm like that's quite good for you to do and that can slightly change things and you don't have to spend loads of money it's just about well actually what do you have in the house that you could use so that's why I'm, I'm a big massive fan of you know cookie cutters and even things like like, you know with your toast or your like um pita bread or your like breakfast cereals like Weetabix whatever you're having literally with the fruit becomes part of by making a smiley face so you can make different animals you know faces that, that, that and I can even I can do that and I am not gifted an art at all but I, but doing things like that just all of a sudden just changes how the foods are presented and that can be the difference between them maybe trying something or not and even them having a go and that's why I'm a big fan of like like I do like a family pizza night for a co- and you kind of make it almost like a competition where you all kind of try and make you know be creative in your pizza choices and things and that's again it's just making food fun and you're bonding with your families as well so that I'm a big fan of trying to make food fun for your kids as well 
there's a lot of interesting tips um, there, Kirsty. So we not uh, we've definitely say you've you've quite literally <laughs> given us lots of food for thought. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I hope you haven't overloaded. <laughs> I hope I haven't overloaded this. So I'll be no, like, not, don't do not it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much. Honestly, we've um, I say there's there's plenty you can take away, and as you say, I think probably the the key thing for us to remember is with if you know if you are maybe you have that battleground at the minute at home is is maybe one or two small changes you can implement yeah, yeah, immediately and yeah and then take it from there yeah yeah definitely and i think that's it just have on your head and be like and again like you know when you're like on your online online and social media just kind of see what families are doing sometimes the pinch of salt because actually they could have had a meltdown two minutes before that and that's not a true representation so i uh, just would sort of say like just just be cautious that way and actually if you want more um you know advice like i do to- toddler thursdays where i try to put up top tips about how to present foods or with fussy eating and things like that so you know then that'll kind of go into a wee bit more detail and trying to support you so you know because i know it's a lot of information being bombarded at you as well so that's why it's just and if the key take home message is today is like there's no judgment it has to work around your family and it's just always remember any pressure switches off their appetite and can make meal times a nightmare so just try and step it back to be like there's no expectations there's no pressure and actually on a day-to-day basis your child's appetite will vary what they eat will vary and that's okay so if some days they don't have as much try not to get too worked up or stressed but I know that's easier said than done no that's a really um really important message I think for us to first to end on there Kirsty and a good thing for us all to take away that just take the pressure off a bit too so I am trying some of Kirsty's tips with Theo you know we have we have up and down days um but I'm trying to remain calm not not put any pressure on him not to praise him too much and also not to lose my head as well (laughs) well that was that was the thing that I really took from it as well is the praise because Mm -hmm. like we went through a stage with Dara where like again it was like a success if I got you know two three mouthfuls at a dinner time into him and it was like just one more Uh go on you know and I was thinking oh my god I was really Mm. I remember saying even after I chatted to to Kirsty, I was saying saying to my husband like we really, you know, like, we, do we praise him too much when he eats a meal? Like, or is that wrong? So clearly maybe we're going about it the wrong way. But I, um, I do have to say, I've, I've seen a little few, you know, signs of improvement with Dara. I mean, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I, like I said, would have eaten anything for his childminder as well. And I could have set the same meal down and he'd have point blank refused it. But <laughs> one evening last week, there was broccoli on the, in the mixed vegetable bowl on the table and... He spied it right away. Before I've tried broccoli hundreds of, hundreds of times with him. He loved it as a baby, but he spied it and he was like, broccoli, I want broccoli. And, oh. and proceed, proceeded to not only eat the broccoli then that we moved on to his plate, but asked for the broccoli oh. that was on my plate, that was daddy's plate. So I can't wait I for thinking, a day like that, you know Shana. I'm, ta- I'm taking a win. I'm, I'm tempted to serve him broccoli every day. <laughs> just to take it as a win but, oh yeah. yeah no I'm I am praying there are days like that ahead I'm gonna I'm there trying are, I'm yeah, telling you trying just everything keep at it <laughs> you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify Apple Music and anywhere you get your podcasts